We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Uh, Good morning. Or actually, I don't know, maybe it ain't morning. Maybe it's afternoon or evening when you're listening to this. But anyway, welcome to a, for a second straight Monday, a bonus little Monday solo mini pod. Mini pod with yours truly here, Patrick Moran. Of course, thank you very much, as always, for tuning in to Talk Buffalo Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. Appreciate each and every single one of you as always. And like I said, I did one of these last week, a sort of abbreviated episode. I don't want to say too abbreviated because it still went a half hour or so. But I did this last week on Monday, just me talking with some general Buffalo Bills thoughts. I mean, this is all Buffalo Bills things. And I want to do it again for, well, basically for two reasons. Number one, quite frankly, man, I am superstitious as all hell and the shit worked last week man the shit worked last week the bills won convincingly more on that of course in just a minute so again being the superstitious guy that i am i just want to keep the keep the train rolling a little bit here so i'm going to do this again again i got some thoughts on last saturday's game just absolutely epic perfection offensively literally perfection. Got some thoughts on that. Look ahead briefly to the Kansas City Chiefs now that we know that the Buffalo Bills are officially playing the Kansas City Chiefs, which by the way, I'm taping this shit at, I don't know, man, it's 1230, one o'clock Sunday night in the Monday morning, 6.30 p.m. Sunday, CBS, Nance, Tony Romo on the call. I'm not too thrilled about that, but that's for Selfish personal reasons. I mean, the game is fine. The game time, I'm. there's not really much to complain about. Unless, again, you have your own selfish reasons for wanting a different day and time, which I did. But anyway, um, so yeah, like I said, I'm just, I'm superstitious. I want to keep this rolling. I got some thoughts and uh, want to let you know, as always, I mean, I don't know as of right now, as I tape this, I don't know who's going to be on the show this week. I could tell you 100% for sure. There will be a podcast episode on Tuesday. It will, of course, be Buffalo Bills related. I'll probably do a a bonus episode Wednesday or Thursday. One of those two days. Not sure which one yet. Again, guess to be determined. And then, of course, on Friday, like every Friday, casual Friday, with my buddy Joe Yurden, we'll talk Bills 
Sabres. We'll do a, a 75 draft, all that fun stuff like we do every Friday. But let me say this. Regarding this game against New England, I tried to play it cool like on Twitter and in conversations with family and, and friends, but I'm not going to lie, man. I was, I was nervous. I was a wreck the last 48, 72 hours uh, leading up to game time. And I'll tell you why. This was as big, or not even big, this was a as must win of a football game as I could as I could ever remember for the Buffalo Bills, quite frankly. Think about this. Last year the Bills go to the AFC championship. They romp the division, run away with the AFC East, win two playoff games at home, and go to Kansas City before losing in the AFC championship. Going into this season, the expectations, and understandably so, were very, very high. The Bills had a a good regular season, but the, considering what the expectations were, quite frankly, it wasn't a great regular season. 11-6, and six, a couple tough losses, a loss to Jacksonville that in a million years should have never happened. So there was peaks and valleys for sure during this season. And going into this game, I felt like had you lost in the first, first of all, losing in the first round of the playoffs in the wildcard weekend round to any team, the AFC East, to me, again, when you take into account the, the expectations, the contract that your quarterback got in the off season, this would have been an epic failure. 2021 or 2022, whatever you want to call it, it would have been an epic failure. Had the Bills lost in the first round of the playoffs, this would have been an epic failure. I know a lot of people are happy that the Bills won the AFC East for a second straight year. And don't get me wrong, that's good. It's important. It's important, obviously, because it guarantees you a home playoff game, right? So I get it. That's not nothing. But I didn't, I didn't give a shit about that. Had the Bills won the division, but lost in the first round of the playoffs, there's no silver lining to me. Complete, 100% colossal, epic failure this entire season if they lose. That in itself is pressure. And again, I don't care who the opponent was. Indy, Raiders, Chargers, Steelers, you name it. Doesn't matter. Epic, colossal disappointment, 2021. But you lose in the first round of the playoffs to the New England Patriots, your divisional rival, the team that owned you for two decades, the team that going into the season, you supposedly, you leapfrogged them last year. You put them in the rearview mirror. They're long gone. You let them beat you in the first round of the playoffs in Orchard Park. Like I said, this game to me was as must win as it gets because that is awful. That was like the worst case scenario you could ever muster up. If we would have had a conversation going back to last August and I said, what is the worst case scenario for the Buffalo Bills? Something that would haunt you for a long, long, long time when this season ended. 
that has to be number one. Losing the Super Bowl would be a horrible disappointment. Losing an AFC Championship game again, horrible disappointment. Shit, not making the playoffs at all. I don't, I don't even know if that would be as big of a disappointment going back again to August and making predictions and then saying, yeah, so the Buffalo Bills are going to get to the playoffs and they're going to lose in the first round at home to the New England Patriots. That's literally as bad as it can get. So imagine, had that happen, okay? Imagine being a Buffalo Bills fan. We're not even, what, we're at the halfway point of January. Imagine if the outcome had been different Saturday. New England finds a way to beat Buffalo, which, by the way, would have been two victories over Buffalo in Orchard Park in the same season, including the playoffs. Had that happen, just imagine having to live with that shit for the next, what, nine months or so until the 2022 season started. Just an absolute nightmare. I don't know. I don't know if I could have dealt with that. That would have been really, really hard to deal with. So that stressed me out. And again, I'm not going to lie. My nerves going into this game were through the roof. Now, let me say this. If you listened to the show last week, we talked about it a lot. I talked about it with multiple guests, including Benjamin Albright. I wanted to play the New England Patriots really bad. I did not want to play the Los Angeles Chargers. I wanted nothing to do with them. That playoff game, the Raiders-Chargers game, that fourth quarter, those last five minutes when I saw Justin Herbert just take his team on his back and carry them, I wanted nothing to do with the Chargers. I said on the show last week, by the last five minutes of that game in overtime last Sunday night, I was rooting for the Raiders like I would root for the Buffalo Bills. I wanted the Patriots. And we got them. But, and I was always, I, I always thought there was never a point during the week where I thought the Bills were not the superior team. But it is the New England Patriots. They play sound football, great defense, best coach of all time, you know, so they can run the hell out of the football. As the game got closer, my nerves through the roof, man. They were shot. In fact, on Saturday, and I'll say this too, me moving back to Buffalo after being gone for five years, living in Florida, there's lots of factors. I'm not going to sit here and try to tell everybody listening that getting an opportunity to watch the Buffalo Bills play in Buffalo is a significant reason why I moved back to Buffalo. Although I will say this, man, there is nothing like being in Buffalo when the Bills are playing, especially meaningful games. Like being in Florida and going to Bills backer bars or hanging out with some fellow Bills fans, that's cool. But it's just not the same. It's not. And I know there's a lot of Bills fans all around the world. And hopefully a lot of you are listening to this right now. You know what I'm talking about. You're in your town, wherever you live, and you're partying it up. You're having a good time. It's not quite the same as being back in Buffalo. But anyway, so a reason I was happy, like I consider it a big bonus, that coming back to Buffalo, get an opportunity to hang out with people in Buffalo, going maybe to the stadium, or certainly going to bars around the area and just feeling the vibe in, in Western New York on a game day. There's nothing like it. I was excited about that. And Saturday, I woke up Saturday having intentions. Originally, I was going to have some people over for the game. And then I talked to one of my good buddies, my cousin uh, Fudge. And he was with the group and they decided that they would rather go out to a bar. So they were going to a bar in West Seneca. And I was going to meet them at the bar. That was the plan. 
I was looking forward to it all day. And as the game got closer, I just got stressed out, man. I started, I was by myself at home, walking around, uh, wearing the floor out, just pacing back and forth. I don't know what it was, man. Again, nerves, maybe fear, fear of, like I just talked about, having that epic uh, collapse, that meltdown, and, and making the season just be a colossal disappointment. It got to me, man. It got to me. And ultimately, I ended up watching the game by myself. Did not go out with my buddies. Didn't go to, you know, family's house. I had a family. Uh, there was a family party going on where all my family watched the game. I literally watched the game at home in my house by myself. <laughs> Whatever. You know what? I might watch, just like I said, uh, I was going to do this mini pod right here. I might watch that shit at home by myself next Sunday night against Kansas City as well because I am superstitious. But in all seriousness, guys, I I'm going to say this, and I truly mean this. I'm older, all right? So I've been around for a, a long time, all right? I've been a Buffalo Bills fan for a long, long time. Wasn't really old enough to remember the 70s, like even the late 70s. But I'll tell you what, by the early 80s, I at least started to know what Buffalo Bills football was. I vaguely remember the early 80s when the Bills were, and I'm talking about very early 80s, where the Bills were semi-contenders, semi, I guess. Then, of course, they went into the mid-80s where they were just absolutely freaking atrocious. And, and then the pieces started getting built. And, of course, ultimately, the Bills became, you know, during the Super Bowl era and then a handful of years after the Super Bowl era where they were still good enough to, to chase the ring. Never got there again, of course. But uh, they were competitive. They were good. Then, of course, 17-year drought. And now, I'm going to say this. That game on Saturday night was as close to perfection as I've ever seen in my life. Ever. Ever. The offense literally was perfect. And I'm not going to sit here and recite a bunch of numbers for you. I'm sure by now you know them all by heart. But, dude, seven, seven drives, seven touchdowns, 482 yards on those seven drives, six third down attempts, six third down conversions. And I'm, by the way, I'm, I, don't, I refuse to count the kneel downs at the end. That's not a drive to me. But, I mean, they scored on drives of nine plays. 10, 10, 4, 6, 9, 3. Just absolute perfection from the Buffalo Bills offense. And I don't like using that word perfect, but what other, what adjective can you use to describe it? They literally didn't get stopped. Literally did not get stopped one time by a defense that is a top five defense, by the way. I'm stunned. I'm pleasantly stunned. I just, I can't believe it. there's so many numbers and I'm a numbers guy and there's just so many numbers about this game that just, it just blows me away, man. 29 first downs in 54 plays. And then again, reality, 51 plays because three were kneeled downs at the end of the game. So 51 times Josh Allen came under center to run a play. 29 times that play resulted in a first down. Are you serious, man? 29 out of 51. They averaged nearly nine yards per play, 8.9 yards per play. 
is just is unbelievable, man. And those again, those seven possessions, and I won't count that eighth one. They, I said they went six for six on third downs. <laughs> they only faced third down six times. Seven possessions, 51 plays, and only six of them got to be third downs, man. And even when it was third down, again, six times during the game, they got to third down. Never was it more than third and four. They were never in third and long once during the entire game. They didn't punt. They didn't settle for a field goal attempt. I'm, again, I am at a loss for words right now when it comes to just how good they were. We're not sacked. When's the last time Josh Allen took a sack? It's almost hard to remember at this point, ain't it? No fumbles, no interceptions. Hell, man, I don't even think the offense, maybe they had one. I don't have the stats in front of me right now, but I know they barely had any penalties. I, don't, I certainly don't remember any significant plays being called back. Actually, I take that back. I do remember one. Cole Beasley caught a wide receiver screen, and Dawson Knox blocked up field a little too early, and it was a call for offensive pass interference. I remember that. That was like a 10-yard penalty, which don't matter, of course, because the Bills went down and scored a touchdown. I don't know who. I don't know what drive it was, but I, I know it was a touchdown because, again, the Bills literally didn't score a touchdown. Just absolutely incredible and I laugh now and I can laugh now because I think back to before the game and the anxiety that I had to do for all the worry it was all for not because this team just absolutely dominated destroyed and owned uh the New England Patriots I'm gonna take a real quick break come back talk about a couple of players specifically look forward or look ahead I should say just briefly to the Kansas City Chiefs game on Sunday and uh then I'll get you out of here man be right back We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, 
Access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. There comes a time where, or I should say a handful of games where you could say this was Josh Allen's best game of his career. Best game of the season, best game of his career. There's lots of games where you could draw from that. Going back last year to Seattle, maybe the Kansas City game this year. There's a couple other games as well. But I'm going to tell you right now, for me, this was the best game of Josh Allen's career. In part, of course, because of the stage and the stakes. You lose, you go home. And take all these factors, okay? So you're playing a tough-nosed team with an all-time coach that is a good defense that beat you at home on Monday Night Football not that long ago, 41 days prior. Now, you got your revenge a couple of weeks later in New England. I get that. But still, this is a team, and you figure they would come in New England, make some adjustments, find a way to make life harder for Josh Allen. That was at least what I thought. And I know I'm not the only one who thought that. By the way, I really don't think many of you listening, if you're being honest with yourself, I don't really don't think anybody really saw this coming. But anyway, it seemed like everything was there for this to be a tough game. So you have a tough New England team and you have tough weather. Now, granted, the wind was not a factor, but still, it's almost zero degrees. We talked about it all week on this podcast. You saw it all week long on Twitter and Facebook, all social media. You know, the weather being a huge factor for this game. And guess what? <laughs> None of that shit mattered, man. Josh Allen just feasted on a team that just straight up, they're, they weren't, they're not good enough. They're not good enough to stop Josh Allen. The only thing that can stop Josh Allen when he plays the New England Patriots is fucking 35, 40 mile an hour wins. That's it. Right now, as things stand, there is literally nothing the New England Patriots could do to stop Josh Allen. Arm, eh, 21 to 25, 308 yards, five touchdowns. By the way, playoff franchise record too, five touchdown passes. Can't stop him. His legs, six carries, 66 yards. And that... (laughs) He took number 13 soul, man. He certainly took his ankles and I took, he took his soul too. Who was that? Uh, Devante Baspi, man, that poor dude got his ankles broke. That was bad. And by the way, Matthew Judon, what, what the hell happened to him? Josh Allen made him look silly a couple weeks ago in Foxborough and did it again this Saturday in Orchard Park. Just an absolutely, again, I'm going to say that word, perfection. Josh Allen was, if he wasn't perfect, he was damn near perfect. He had four incomplete passes. And I know we, one of them for sure was batted down at the line. I know that. I think he might have had a throwaway as well. Just unbelievable, man. But he, it's so much more than him. It really is. Dawson Knox, I mean, what more can we say? How many, how many times it's getting to sound like a broken record right now? Spent a lot of the summer, not necessarily bashing him, but 
expressing many concerns that he's just not the guy and that the Bills needed to trade for Zach Ertz or a, a different tight end. They needed to make a move at tight end. And all Dawson Knox is doing is just proving that we're idiots for saying that. And full credit, by the way, this organization, by, by sticking with him and showing patience and continuity, which to me, I think that's the biggest reason why the Bills are as good as they are. Because they don't, they don't give up on players as quick as us fans want to, you know? But anyway, Dawson Knox, man, five catches, 89 yards, two touchdowns, couple inches short of having a third touchdown. That first touchdown was absolutely spectacular. Just unbelievable. And he's, and he's blocking well too, man. This guy has become such an asset. And so is your boy, Devin Singletary. I mean, good God, man. What's, what's happened to him? 16 carries, 81 yards, two touchdowns, 5.1 yards per carry. And it's not even those numbers. And those numbers are great. But he's, he looks like a different player to me. Completely. Now I, I know the offensive line deserves a hell of a lot of credit. They are blocking so much better. It feels like they're d running different schemes, different blocking schemes. And I'm not a, a film guy to really break that stuff down. It just feels different right now. And he looks and feels different to me. I, I compared him on Twitter on Sunday to, I know Thurman Thomas. In fact, I had a Thurman tweet as well on Saturday. Like probably everyone else did because he looked like Thurman on that one run. But anyway, he reminds me right now of Le'Veon Bell when Le'Veon Bell was a Pittsburgh Steeler. Not the washed Le'Veon Bell that we know now, but vintage a couple of years ago, Le'Veon Bell, Pittsburgh Steelers, where the guy was just patient. It was like, he waited for his block to develop and then he just would run through people. And that's kind of what Devin Singletary is doing at this point, folks. He's waiting for blocks. He's cutting in and out. And more importantly than any of that stuff, he's making guys miss, which I feel like he was not doing nearly enough of early in the season. And most importantly, when he's getting hit, he's pushing the pile forward on every single carry. Every time that dude touched the ball against New England, and for the most part, over the last month or so, maybe even six weeks, he is pushing the pile forward. Like he's not getting hit and going down. He's getting hit and going down and, and carrying somebody one, two, three, four yards. And that makes a big difference, folks. He has been unbelievable. And it's an in-season. Like normally when you see a great improvement, it, it kind of happens during the offseason going into the year. Like say Dawson Knox, for an example. He wasn't, to me, none special in 2020. And look at him from the beginning of this year. He's just been really, really good. Devin Singletary to me at the beginning of the year was no better than he was last year, which last year I just thought he was okay. He was all right. You know, it was Zach Moss, Brita, Singletary, whoever's got the hot end, yada, yada, yada. Well, that's just, <laughs> that's over, man. Devin Singletary truly is the RB1 of this football team. And he just, I don't know, he looks like a completely different player. It's just so much fun to watch him run the football right now. And I could keep going on and on. Isaiah McKenzie, another guy, you know, this, he had that, that muff kick against Indy and he paid for it. He was inactive twice, including the first time they played the Patriots. And then he came back and he was a huge weapon when they won in Foxborough. He had like 12 catches for 125 yards and a touchdown. His presence matters. And it was on display again, Saturday, three carries, 29 yards, three catches, 45 yards. He just, he moves around a lot. You got to account for him. Big time player, man. He, 
he's playing well, and I'm really happy for him. And you know, Stephon Diggs caught a long pass, didn't really need to do much. I don't want to say he was a decoy, but they they must have been paying a lot of attention because it seemed everyone else on this damn team was open. So whatever works, man. Gabe Davis had two catches, a touchdown on a bullet pass from from Josh. Emmanuel Sanders, two catches, a touchdown. Cole Beasley had one catch for 19 yards. It's just, again, just absolute perfection on the offensive side of the ball. Now the defense, you know, not perfect. They they played good though. Micah Hyde, by the way, you know, we can sit here and talk about this offense forever. Josh Allen, just unstoppable. Devin Singletary has emerged to a star. Dawson Knox has emerged into a star. The offensive line, especially since Ryan Bates is coming, by the way, the offensive line has just been, I almost swear. I try not to swear. If I do, it's organically. I don't want to force it. Anyway, the offensive line has just been spectacular of late. Um, the defense, but to play the game, Micah Hyde, that interception, man, that Patriots drive, the Bills go up 7 nothing. Matt Jones is frustrating us watching, you know, the Bills defense. I think it was like third and 10 twice. They converted. Uh, and then, you know, he's got a guy open deep. He gets the uh, born. I think it was born. No, it wasn't born. It was Nelson Aguilar. Got behind Levi Wallace for sure. Looked like a touchdown. And then out of nowhere, Micah Hyde comes into the screen and not only stops the touchdown, but actually intercepts the ball. Just absolutely stunned. I've sat there probably like a lot of you. I was like, oh, I, and then I thought he knocked it down. And then for, for briefly, I thought he just knocked it down. Then I realized he had the interception. I just, I went ape shit, man. I was jumping around by myself because again, I didn't watch the game and then he was too nervous. Um, Just anyway, unbelievable play, Micah Hyde. I thought, and he deserves credit for this too, by the way, Mario Addison, who got hurt. I don't know what his status is as of Sunday night, but it was the second or third drive and they tried an outside pitch and Mario Addison, I think it was on Stevenson or Harris. I don't remember who it was, but anyway, Mario Addison hustled his ass off and ended up forcing the running back out about a yard short of the, I actually thought it was a pretty bad spot for New England personally, but um, he forced a punt, you know, and again, the defense, that's they're going to give up yards. They're going to give up points, but they, they got to make plays. And to me, that's the equivalent of a turnover. When you're forcing a punt like that, that should have been a first down, then to me, that's a turnover. But anyway, great effort played by Mario Addison. And um, I love to see that. I, I can't believe New England punting. It was around midfield too. That type of get more on that in a second. But anyway, Mario Addison, a great hustle play. Um, I thought Matt Milano had a pretty rough night. But he always seems to do something to make up for it. He got his hands on that one Matt Jones pass that Levi Wallace made a nice interception on. So that was really good. Um, Starla Tutele had a sack. Jerry Hughes had a sack when Matt Jones tried to fake the spike. That was just stupid. Uh, Boogie Basham has been playing pretty well. Might get even more time now if Addison's hurt. Um, they all had sacks. I thought AJ Klein played pretty well. Not a lot of snaps, but. He helped stop that run. He helped stymie that run when he was in there. I thought that was important. So again, the defense, no, not perfection or not even close to it, but they still, they played very well. You can see why they're number one defense in the NFL. That was on display again. And uh, I don't know, man, my, my, uh, my New England Patriots observation is this. Bill Belichick's not going to get the criticism he deserves, but he should. 
I did not think he, I don't think this team was ready to play, man. I don't think they were ready to play. They got punched in the face in the cold weather and they did not have an answer. They just didn't have an answer. It was almost, if you're a New England Patriots fan, I can't imagine how hard that game must have been to watch. Now, I love it. They've been doing it to Buffalo for so long, so it's always nice to to slap New England and kick them when they're down, too. I mean, that that does sound bad to Tommy Doyle. That was just fucking sexy, wasn't it? But anyway, I don't know. We heard all week about New England practicing outside in the cold, and yada, yada, yada. You know, guys running around in tank tops before the game during warm-ups. Who gives a shit, all right? When the game started, they had no answers. They looked physically disinterested. They, I mean, they looked physically disinterested at times. They looked mentally checked out at times. That's on the head coach, man. Bill Belichick didn't have his team ready to play. And I don't know if it would have, how much it would have mattered, but it certainly shouldn't have been 47-17. That's another coach. I think he's getting buried a lot more than Bill Belichick's going to get buried this week. Look, the Patriots shit themselves, man. They did not play well at all. Again, they looked physically disinterested. Um, they were moving slow. They had a lot of drops. At, I mean, the game was out, out of hand. It didn't matter. But Hunter Henry not catching that touchdown. Just, they had a lot of drops. I remember Bolden, the running back, had a big drop. Nobody was even near him. It would have went for a big play. There are lots of times where New England just, you know, it, it's hard enough to stop a team like Buffalo, and it's impossible when you when you self-inflict your own wounds too. So New England just, man, they, they shit themselves. A lot of mistakes. And, uh, I think I said Matthew Judon earlier. What happened to that dude, man? That guy was a beast in the first half of the year. Pro Bowl caliber player, all pro caliber player early in the year. He's done nothing, nothing for a while. Now, those last two Buffalo games, he, you can make an argument. He was one of the worst players on the field, man. So I don't know. I think the Bills are very, New England's going to go into this offseason, kind of like how Buffalo kind of had the approach that they're going to have to be built to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, the New England Patriots are going to have to figure out something. They're going to have to figure out a way to, to beat the Buffalo Bills. Easier said than done, of course, but they got to do something. And if I'm the New England Patriots, I'm drafting guys on defense that are faster, more physical. I, I don't know. Again, easier said than done, but they got to do something up front with that front seven to, uh, to slow down Josh Allen because they just simply can't do it. From a Buffalo perspective, you know, this has been a love fest, this uh, Monday mini pod, but I will say this, there's one thing about this game that I'm concerned about now. It's something I've been concerned about for quite a while now. And I think it, at least it didn't rear its ugly head because this game was never in question. It was never close, but you saw little glimpses of what could happen. And that's this man, the corners. Um, look, it's the corners, okay? They've got it. Trey White got hurt on Thanksgiving night. And quite frankly, and let's just be real here, folks. The Bills played Tampa Bay, who has really good receivers, even though some of them were hurt when, when the Bills played them. But aside from Tampa, the Bills, the schedule has been very fortunate to the Bills over the, the, the late stretch of the season. When it comes to quarterbacks and really highly skilled receivers. Like I'm talking about among the better receivers in the league. The Bills have, they haven't seen a lot of that at all. Okay. So that's been in the back of my mind. Dane Jackson has played okay. He's played all right. You know, tough task to come in and try to replace a pro bowler like Trey White, of course. 
I think Levi Wallace has been really good this year. In fact, he, I don't think, I know he's been really good this year. Your boy's earning a nice off-season contract, okay? Let's just put it that way. But he's now your number one corner. Levi Wallace against the Patriots, if there's one area of concern or one player that concerned me with this play a little bit, I would probably, besides Tyler Bass missing extra points, two of them in clunking one, a third, whatever, but I'm not going to put any stock into that. Levi Wallace got beat. On that touchdown, we talked about Micah Hyde, the play of the game. Well, Levi Wallace got smoked on that. Aglahar smoked him. Micah Hyde saved his ass there. That, that would have been a touchdown where Levi Wallace gets beat one-on-one deep. So you had that. Um, there was another play where he missed time to jump, and that led to a long, I think it was Kendrick Bourne caught the ball, and that was a long New England uh, play. There was that. Um, he had a very obvious, you know, we like to bitch about ref calls all the time when they go against the Bills, but Levi Wallace had to clear his day pass interference call on a third and six. So he made mistakes. Now he did have an interception. Like I said, that Matt Milano tip, Levi Wallace made a nice play on the ball and got it. But Levi Wallace and, and Dane Jackson, especially Dane Jackson, let's just be honest here, folks. If there's a weakness on this team, if there's a sore spot on this team, if there's an area on this team where we're most concerned about it getting exploited. It's it's corner, man. And there's no getting around it. Okay? And that leads to the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, I think we all knew. I know a lot of people rooted for the Steelers on Sunday night. And I did too. But it wasn't. I'm going to be honest to you. I'm going to be honest with you folks too. It's not so much because I think the Chiefs are so much better than the Bengals. I don't. I think the Cincinnati Bengals would have been a very tough matchup. And who knows? Down the road, we might find that out in a little less than two weeks. Cincinnati Bengals would be a tough out. They got a very good quarterback in Joey Burrow, and they got electrifying wide receivers led by Jamar Chase and Boyd and Higgins, and they got a good tight end. And they got Joe Mixon running the ball. The Bengals are a very talented football team that could give the Bills defense a very, very, very stern test. The reason why I wanted the Steelers to win more than anything else was obvious. You get the Bengals, you're getting them in Buffalo instead of going on the road to Kansas City. But anyway, I never spent one second of my life on Sunday, not even a second, thinking that the Steelers were going to win. I never entertained that thought, and they did it. They scored early, but soon, soon enough, and you knew it was coming. I'm having a hard time. By the way, it's it's one o'clock in the morning, so bear with me. Plus, I am doing. Zero editing. This is going to be an extremely uh, raw mini pot here with warts and all. But anyway, it was just obvious that the Steelers were just happy to be in the playoffs. They were happy to get there. Kansas City dominated them. Mahomes had 400 yards and five touchdowns. I don't know. It felt like 800 yards and nine touchdowns. Whatever, man. Um, but anyway, you're 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 facing the Kansas City Chiefs. It's a rematch. We already know the Buffalo Bills can beat Kansas City. They did it literally earlier this season. And let me let me say this, and I'm going to get out of here too. And by the way, again, I'm going to have a Tuesday episode for sure and probably a Wednesday or Thursday bonus episode with guests, qualified people, really smart people. I'll get, I'll get a good guest, trust me on that. And we'll spend a lot of time talking about this matchup because it's, it's a fascinating one, folks. It's fascinating for fans all around the league. Bills fans, Chiefs fans, of course, but just football fans, man, you're, People are going to get what they want. Two electrifying offenses going head to head.
But anyway, my number one priority, and I'm being completely honest with you, going into the playoffs, I said I had two things that I was trying really hard to avoid. Number one, I did not want to face the Indianapolis Colts in round one. And of course that happened because the Colts gagged. Didn't even make the playoffs. Number two, I did not want to play the Kansas City Chiefs in Kansas City. And unfortunately, that is going to happen. And I'll say this, the Bills won. The Bills won convincingly. I think the Bills are very capable of winning again. Very, very capable of beating them again. I, quite frankly, I think the Buffalo Bills are a better football team than the Kansas City Chiefs. But let me say this, the Kansas City Chiefs are playing really good football right now. They've been playing full good football for a while. The Kansas City Chiefs, when they played the Bills early in the year, that was, that was the Chiefs, but it won the Chiefs. You know what I'm saying? There was just a lot of weird shit going on. There were a couple really weird turnovers that game. Just there was a lot of things going on in Kansas City, and they just, they didn't look good. But they look pretty good now. And there's, look, they're still beatable. I mean, hey, they lost to Cincinnati in a shootout just two weeks ago. So, um, again, the Bills absolutely can beat the Kansas City Chiefs. And by the way, the Bills are a two and a half point underdog. That's the opening uh, Vegas line, or at least that's the opening line on, on FanDuel. But I'm going to say it one more time. And again, I'm going to elaborate on this. There ain't going to be any secrets on Sunday. None. No surprises. I'm talking about the Kansas City offense, okay? It's no secret. Dane Jackson and, and Levi Wallace are going to have to have the game of their lives on Sunday. Simple as that, folks. Dane Jackson and Levi Wallace are both going to need to have the best game of their lives on Sunday. Because guess what? Patrick Mahomes is going to go after them, particularly Dane Jackson. He's going to go after Dane Jackson a ton. You got to assume Levi Wallace will see a lot of Tyreek Hill. And there's going to be lots of matchups. It's Hardman, lots of opportunities for those other receivers at Kansas City that are going to go after Dane Jackson a ton. Other than... Tampa, like I said, the Bills have had great luck avoiding pass-heavy teams with great quarterbacks and highly skilled receivers. That's just ending Sunday, folks. Sunday, 6.30 p.m., that ends. The Bills are playing a high-caliber offense. They are playing a championship offense. They are playing a team that has been to the Super Bowl the last two years. So they have championship experience. They have championship talent. They have a championship quarterback. They have a championship head coach. They have a pretty weak defense, though, but they do make plays. Can the Bills block Chris Jones? That will be a significant talking point. The Chiefs' defense is not really good beyond the defensive line, but they got some guys with Ingram and Jones and Clark who can cause a lot of problems. Josh Allen has not been sacked literally much at all over the last four or five weeks. Can the Bills' offensive line effectively contain Chris Jones, which is something John Feliciano couldn't do to save his life last year. Can the Bills do that? That's going to be a significant part as well. All right, now I'm going to get out of here now because I don't want to get into a Bills-Kansas City preview. Uh, again, superstitious, folks. That's what I am. I wanted to drop this. Um, those are my thoughts. I'd love to hear what you think. You can always tweet at me, at Hammeran Tweets. Uh, drop an email, talkaboutfullpodcast at gmail.com. Love to hear your thoughts. This is going to be a very fun week. I'm so excited. And 
you know, if I was that stressed out of against the New England game or going into the New England game, I'll get there, right? On Saturday, I'm telling you now, it's only Sunday night. And again, I'm I'm almost deliriously tired at this point. But this is going to be a long week too, man. It's going to be a stressful week. I want to enjoy it. I know you want to enjoy it. I hope I can get the right mindset to enjoy it because this is uh, Buffalo Bills, Kansas City in the playoffs. I mean, we knew it was coming. We knew at the end of last year it was coming. And guess what, folks? It's here. Going to be a lot of fun. Be back. New episode. Full episode. Tomorrow. Tuesday. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.